FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Georgia Byrne and Father Rob Gallia, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Gospels and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Divine Mercy Sunday, a very exciting Sunday after Easter, a beautiful Easter Sunday that we celebrated family, friends, some of us in lockdown. And now we celebrate the mercy, the love of God, God's pursuit of us. He's not only risen from the dead, he's out of the grave. Now he's running after us with his mercy. Georgia, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Father Rob. I'm excited about the Easter weekend and it's such a beautiful time of year. So, it yeah. is, yes. So it's a, like now after this Easter celebration, we're back. We're back into um, coming back into ordinary time. But there are a lot of feasts one after another. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's been a really great time. For those of you who were part of the also the Holy Week retreat, what an exciting experience that was. Um, 3,300 people um, running a retreat together, going through a retreat together from all around the world. What a, what a, all, all from a little room here um, in Victoria, Australia. And now, Beautiful. yeah, and God is so good. God is so good. And now mm-hmm. um, we're back into this, this podcast where we can dig deeper. Uh, those of you who are listening for the first time to this podcast because of the retreat, welcome. We hope that this will be an experience for you to dig deeper what you've started, what God has begun in your life. Let it continue. Let it, let it grow. Today we also have a free giveaway. This is exciting as well. Two free giveaways. Everyone gi- loves a giveaway. Everybody loves a giveaway. <laughs> and the, um, it's actually an app which is you you pay for this app but it's uh, being given to us by um the organizers the owners of the app have given us two um to give away for free so hold on it's called the app is called hello this is not sponsored they just give us the free stuff and we just want to bless you because we believe in this amazing product and want to give it to you for free george i've been talking too much no it's fine tell us something how are you I usually over talk. So, um, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I was laughing before when we first went on Zoom because I got a spray tan yesterday. <laughs> I think oh. it went a bit dark. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I said to my lady, hey, it's been fading because I'm very, very pale skin. I've got a very pale skin. And she's like, oh, maybe I'll go a little bit darker and this is what happened. I actually think I look like red, like an oompa loompa, but it's all good. For those right hand fail one for the year. So for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, yes. you can see. But I, I, I wouldn't have even noticed anything if you didn't say anything. I better <laughs> say that, eh? Because otherwise I'm in trouble anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all good as long as like, you know, I'm thinking about God and my heart's on God. But at the same time, it's just funny when you have a spray tan that goes orange. It's anyone that does spray tan will know. <laughs> okay. But other than that, I'm good. Oh, and good. how are you? Are you good? Good, good. No spray tan good. for me. I haven't got one. I've never <laughs> got a spray it. tan. But I'm going on holiday at the end of June and I'm oh. excited to sit safely in the sun. So I'm sure I'm going to come back a little bit tanned. I get dark so quickly. I just, yes. yeah, um, that's, that's my Mediterranean skin, I suppose. Yes. Um, the envy of many, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I do like, not get a tan at all. <laughs> the best is my brother. My brother's blonde and Maltese. Very rare combination. And he goes really dark and blonde. So it's, looks, he looks good. We're gonna, so cool. <laughs> we're gonna read the, the scripture yes. verses. So um, today's gospel, this Sunday's gospel, Divine Mercy Sunday, is John twenty nineteen to 31. 
uh, beautiful. There are uh, um, a few sections in this scripture, and just pay attention to this. Pray, pay attention to the heart of the disciples, the conversation that the risen Christ now has with his disciples. Mm. He's going to say many things, and we're going to try. We're going to read it. Pay attention to what he says. Pay attention to how the disciples respond, and then we'll explore and we'll expand on that. So beautiful scripture as well. It is. It is. So, George, I'll hand yeah. over to you to to proclaim the gospel for us. Okay, John twenty nineteen to thirty one. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, when the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed with what they saw, overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as, how do I say that? Didymus. Didymus. Didymus, thank you. One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hand and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And Thomas was with them. Through the doors, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord, my God. Then Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which were not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. Amen. And just imagine the disciples, okay, that they were, it it was such a, a crazy time for them. Jesus had just died and the Romans now were, were angry at the Christians, the Jews were angry at the Christians, and they had the upper hand, the, the Jews. So they were terrified. So they thought, now once they kill Jesus, they're going to come and look for us because they want to get, get rid of tra any trace of Jesus. So his closest disciples were terrified. So they hid in the upper room. The upper room was the, probably the same room where the Last Supper happened. So they go to this upper room and they, they're hiding and they're listening for any footsteps. They're listening if something's happening and all of a sudden someone else appears in the room and they're freaking out. They're thinking, yeah. <laughs> where do you come you from? Would. And I don't know. I, I wonder as well if they recognize Jesus because he was with his glorified body. No one else recognized Jesus. Like Mary Magdalene didn't recognize Jesus. She thought he was the gardener. So the glorified body apparently looks a little bit different. Wow. So... At that time, I wonder who recognized him and who didn't out of the disciples, like straight away. Yes. Well, after they had heard that he was rising and appearing to people, people say, are you Jesus? Are you? But even on the road to Emmaus, you know, the apostles were having this conversation with Jesus and they didn't recognize him. No one recognizes mm. Jesus. But 
Mm. What happens is Jesus appears in this room, walks through the wall. That's a part of the glorified body. The glorified body has a lot of features we know from Jesus that you can eat because he ate mm. the fish. You remember the barbecue with Peter? Yes. We know that the glorified body can go through walls. We know that the glorified mm -hmm. body um, can go through like there were things on his face and on his body. He And it says the cloths at the resurrection stayed in shape. So it, he went straight through the cloths. So we know wow. that <laughs> this is sort of uh, features of the glorified glorified body. Um, and also um, uh, uh, th there's the uh, another thing about um, Jesus, another thing about um, a glorified body is that it, um, it, it unrecognizable. <laughs> the glorified yes. body is, is something that some people cannot recognize. So there's a lot, a lot we learn about that. And so they're there this last supper and he's, what does he say to them? Well, he brings them, you know, shalom, peace. Yes. He says to them, you know, my peace is with you now. Don't be afraid. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Don't be afraid. 365 times mentioned in the Bible. Yes, the because he'd said to them, you're, you know, when I go, you're going to mourn, but I'll come back. Yes. And so that's the whole thing. Like he'd already prophesied everything like, you know, you're going to be grieving and mourning me when I leave, but I will be back. And he, you know, there would always be doubt. Is he really going to be back? And he's back and he's saying, don't be afraid. I've conquered fear. I'm here. And this is where Arnold Schwarzenegger must have got it from, you know, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> he got I'll it from Jesus. <laughs> That's, I suppose. Copyright. Yeah, exactly. The Bible. And the, the literal translation of peace be with you, shalom, is may mm. God give you every good thing. May God give you every ah. good thing. Yeah. Amen. So there he is. And, and then he sends them a command. He says, okay, now go out. At the end of this, he sends them out. He sends them out. Now you've, re you've <laughs> seen the resurrected body. Let's not just feast and party here. Let's not re just rejoice. Okay, let's rejoice. Come, let's ask me yeah. questions. You have a Q&A session. Then after this Q&A, after this mingle uh, and meet. <laughs> Meeting great. Go, uh, that's the word. <laughs> well, how did I go from meet and greet to mingle and meet? Anyway. Mingle and meet. That's all right. It's a new thing. <laughs> exactly. From this meet and greet now, go out. Well, he sends yes. them out. And yes. I think the sending out, there are two things that can come out of it. And that's, that the first thing is that Jesus needs the church. He needs the church, which is the body of Christ. If you don't go out, so you are the disciple in the upper room. I am the disciple in the upper room. If we don't go out, then God doesn't have a plan B. He was standing there telling his disciples to to um, to turn to him, telling his disciples to to um, to to work for him. But they, he, knew, he knew that there was there was no plan B. For those of you watching on YouTube, I don't know, my camera keeps going off and on. Yeah, <laughs> I know, wondered. like you're going into the darkness and then the light. It's kind of because like basically what happened, they were in the darkness waiting for Jesus around the tomb and then he appeared in the light. <laughs> exactly. They're just showing us what happened. And uh, I think it's really <laughs> it's hot. It's all part of the show. <laughs> it's hot in the studio and maybe the camera is overheating here. <laughs> but uh, Jesus, it, he needs the body of Christ. Okay, he, he has, I have no hands but yours. I have no feet but yours. But I think another important thing is to recognize that the church, of course, needs Jesus. We have yes. no message. We have no power. We have no authority without Jesus. And I think one of the things that the biggest problems with the church very often and for too long sometimes, it tries to propagate its own message. 
as opposed mm-hmm. to the message of Christ. And that's where things get mm-hmm. messy. That's where things get a, um, th- there's a mess of authority. There's a mess, um, there's abuse and, and th- there's so much that is not right um, mm-hmm. when, th- when these things happen. Yes. So coming to that, um, yeah, to understanding that we need. That, that message like that, you know, that through his, you know, death and resurrection, he conquered the world. So we don't have to be afraid, but we come back to him. And this is what he was saying. Like, now that you know this, you've got to go out, as you were saying. Like, it was pretty instant. Like, I'm here. Don't be afraid. I've risen. Like, you know, this this is the message of God. There's peace. Don't be afraid. But now you need to go out and tell people that. And that, you know, he was the ruler of the disciples and reminding them that they're the children of God. Like, we're all the children of God and that. There's no reason for that fear. So I've, I've, that's my favorite bit about this scripture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely beautiful. And then, but he doesn't just send them out. He yes. also, and then gives them the power to be sent out. He gives them mm-hmm. uh, the, the Holy Spirit. You know, what, what does he do? He breathes on them, the Ruach. Yes. And when he breathes on them, there they have the power. There they have the power to go out to be disciples. Mm-hmm. And there's, it, the, the breathing on them is... It was intentional. You know, it's taken from a lot of scripture verses. Do you know any of the scripture verses where God's breath breathes and gives life? Um, not right this second. But Adam, and Eve, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Yeah, oh, Adam and Eve. Yeah. yeah, so Ish and Isha, he breathes on, on Ish. There's um, Adam and Eve. Uh, actually, it's Ish and Isha. And... He breathes on Adam and Adam comes to life, okay, the breath of God. But it's not only there, but it's also in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37, 9, the valley of dry bones. Ezekiel sees this valley of dry bones and God tells him, breathe, breathe on this valley. And all of a sudden, the flesh starts to appear on these bones and all of a sudden life comes and the whole army is arisen. And that is the church. You see, the mm. breath of God, God breathes on his disciples and he says, go out. He doesn't just say, go out. First, he, he says, go out. And he said, then he breathes on them. And then mm. he says, now you have the power, you have the ruah, you have the breath of God in you. And this is the, sometimes with, uh, sometimes we think we, we can do this alone. And God mm. says, no, I'm giving you the breath. I'm giving you the power. Just stop trying to do it by your own might, by your own power. It is me, me alone that gives you the power um, to, to be able to do that. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? If you really think about it, like just it's just it's mind blowing. It's mir- it's miracles, but it's just amazing. Like you know, yes, that we know this, that we know that Jesus died and rose for us, and that when we we don't have to be afraid because we have Jesus. We're not alone. It's just it's it's the really this. It's so simple, but so powerful. And when I say simple, it's simple to think about it as just simple. He died and rose, and he said, "Don't be afraid." and follow him but in that simplicity it's so massive what that actually means isn't it yes and i think we we need to understand that god never leaves us alone and he will never send us out to give his message without Mm -hmm. his power without Mm -hmm. his authority and in that breath that's what he gave them he gave them power he gave them authority if you feel like god has called you on a mission and you don't have the power you don't have the authority just sit and allow god to breathe on you to give you the authority god through your baptism as well has mm-hmm. given you authority he's given you power he's breathed on you uh, and we just had a few days ago the the mass of oils 
you know and mm -hmm. what we do is the bishop at a point breathes he literally yeah. breathes into this big um, vase, vase of oil and mm -hmm. as he breathes into them that's what he prays for the Holy Spirit so we use that as well even today you know, mm -hmm. in our liturgies that we breathe and him, the bishop in the person of Christ, breathes on the oil which the priest and then will anoint the sick with, that the, that the, will anoint the baptized with. So this mm -hmm. is the beautiful thing that God does for us. He breathes on us. And then beautiful. we're sent out to bring forgiveness, to proclaim the mercy, divine mercy. This is why it's Divine Mercy Sunday. Mm. Because why did the disciples go out? Did they go out to give a history lesson to people? about the death and resurrection of Jesus? No, they went out to proclaim the forgiveness of the Lord. And mm. that's why it says those old sins you forgive will be forgiven, those who you retain will be retained. Tell them mm. about my mercy, that about my forgiveness. Those who want mm. mercy and accept it will be forgiven. Those who are um, uh, unpenitent, un un those who are not ready to ask for forgiveness will not be forgiven. So it's a free yes. choice. Yeah, it's that gift of confession that we have in our Catholic faith, you know, where we can, you know, uh, the priest, you know, to like God, we can be forgiven, you know, through that sacrament and it's so special. And I was thinking about it when I was reading this scripture that, you know, Jesus literally says that, you know, the sins that are forgiven, you know, that you confess will be forgiven and the ones that you don't, how can they be? And it's that powerful thing of like when you go to confession, sometimes you think, oh, I don't want to say this or whatever, but always remember to say everything and how you're feeling because that way you can be, you know, truly forgiven and it can be, you know, you can start again. Yeah. Yes. And this is, I think, uh, an important thing for us to understand. Mm. That it's in Mark 3, 28 and in the other mm. synoptic gospels as well. There's Mark, Matthew and Luke. And it talks mm. about the sin that cannot be forgiven. It's called the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. It mm -hmm. says in Mark, for example, it says there's one sin that cannot be forgiven and that is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And this is what blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is. It's think, thinking that we don't need mercy, that we don't need grace, that we don't need God. So how can God forgive us of a sin we don't repent of, we don't ask for forgiveness for? Mm -hmm. And so this is where we, when in doubt, ask God for forgiveness. God's mercy is there. God never gets tired of forgiving us. We get tired of asking for forgiveness. So we need to continue coming to God with, with a cry of mercy, a cry for mercy. That's so, that's so true what you just said then because sometimes we think, oh, going back to God with this thing again and he's just going to be like, all right, well, come on, get it together kind of thing. But really, it's like a, someone that has a child, you never get sick of helping your child or you, someone you love. Like if you think of someone you love, it wouldn't matter how many times they needed your help, you would be there. So it's the same with yes. God, isn't it? Like it doesn't matter how many times we run back to God, he's going to be there Always. waiting for us, wanting us to seek him and he'll his grace will help us you know get stronger always always and mm. he does just doesn't tire of forgiving us and this is the beautiful thing about god yeah um and but there's also a person there that another character that comes into the scripture verse and that's the the character of of thomas, thomas. and you you've got to love thomas you know yeah. I, we, I think we give thomas a bad rap very often <laughs> Yeah, he's the doubting Thomas because my dad's name's Thomas yes. and my brother's Thomas. Yes. My mum would always tease my dad and say, you're doubting Thomas. But like Thomas. <laughs> but he's not just a doubting Thomas. No. 
there's a lot more to Thomas than doubt. You know, Thomas was an amazing man. He loved Jesus so much, so much. And we we see it all throughout the scriptures. You know, like, for example, he, he was brave. He was brave. You know, when Jesus said we're going to die, what did Thomas say? He said, let's go with Jesus and so we can die with him. Now, many people take that as cynical something cynical Mm. like sarcastic oh let's go with Jesus and then we're gonna die well maybe because he was a pessimist we know but he was a natural pessimist and and that's not necessarily a bad thing but that's the way his nature was and he he's a but he could have said it in a way like okay guys it's okay this is crazy this is bad but let's go and die with him let's go and die with Jesus so he was in a sense really brave he was a brave man that was ready to die he stayed with jesus he wasn't one of those that ran away but mm. but he was hurt he was hurt mm. when jesus mm. died he, he probably as the pessimist is going to say oh jesus is going to die and we're going to be left alone and uh, it sort of it happened as he thought and so he's grieving by himself he's alone yeah he separated himself from everyone he was yeah yeah, and this is what some people grieve in community, other people grieve alone. But mm-hmm. I think in a sense it is, this was one of the biggest mistakes Thomas made, that he grieved mm-hmm. alone, that he didn't mm-hmm. turn to a community, he didn't turn to the Lord, he didn't turn to um, the people that, he didn't trust in the love and understanding of the church, which many of us don't in many ways. But this mm-hmm. is what he did, he separated himself, and as he separated himself, he missed the resurrection. Mm. He missed Jesus. But, and then what happens is Jesus appears. You know what I find really interesting with mm. this, this gospel verse is that, um, you know, when Jesus, when he appears to Jesus and he says, okay, touch my hand and touch my side. Mm-hmm. Do you notice there's no mention of his feet? Yeah, I was thinking that was just the hand and his side, yeah. Well, yeah, because many historians say that actually people weren't crucified there a nail wasn't put through their feet it was just the hands uh-huh. it was just the hands and then they had a seat and their feet were tied okay so the and the lance went through his side we know that through the scripture but sometimes mm-hmm. yeah they say that because maybe they weren't it wasn't through the feet maybe they weren't through the feet yeah in fact many people who have the stigmata like padre pio didn't have anything as far as i know in his feet it was just the hands really yeah so mm, it's interesting. So it's interesting, yeah, to to see that. Um, and something that I was reading was that um, these wounds are so significant on the risen, um, the glorified body of Jesus, because it shows that it's the same body. You know what I mean? So yes, it's the body that was crucified. The body of Jesus was the same that was resurrected, and those wounds that they're to remind us of His love. That's what something I really when I was sort of researching this. What something I love is that those wounds will always constantly remind us. Yes, love. Yeah. and and that's the way God loves it's us. Eh? The, mm. God reaches out to us um, in the resurrected body, mm. the resurrected body that um, that um, we saw had many features, and one of those is that it retained the wounds as well. Mm. Another thing about Thomas, and the last thing I'd say about Thomas is that his uncompromising honesty—that he was so honest. 
you know, mm. he didn't hide his doubt. He didn't hide. He pretend that everything was okay. He didn't pretend that um, uh, it's okay. I'll just st stand up and believe. When he struggled, he when he did come to the community, he was dead honest with them, and he he doubted, and he questioned, mm. and he told the disciples that unless I put my hands uh, into his side and and into his hands, then I I, I won't believe. And he wasn't trying to pretend to be pious and to be holy. Oh, okay, I'll believe, I'll believe. And I think that's something beautiful. Doubt, yep. when it searches, is something beautiful. There's a mm -hmm. guy called Tennyson, a historian. He says, that, he says this, that there is more faith in honest doubt than in half the creeds. Mm. So there's a lot of faith in honest doubt. So it's, there's, it's not a sin to doubt. It's not a sin to search. It's not a sin to question. As long as mm -hmm. we don't stay in our question, that we return to the community, that we put our hands in the, in, uh, in the wounds of Jesus. And, we, and he was the very first, the only disciple to say, my Lord and my God, I love you and I adore you, to claim Jesus as Lord and God. No other mm -hmm. disciple ever did that. Well, I didn't know that. Hmm. So we have mm -hmm. a the, the doubting Thomas is is a pretty much a heroic guy. Um, He's I, heroic I Thomas. Heroic Thomas. I wouldn't call him doubting Thomas. <laughs> I'd call him yeah pessimist Thomas. I'd call him um, <laughs> isolated Thomas. I'd call him um, many things. But yes, he's he's also brave Thomas, and he's also a, a, yeah. a person who came to to love God so. I mean, uh, history says that he then eventually went to India to proclaim the good news and. Um, South India have a huge, I, I, I went to it, this huge um, place where they believe St. Thomas died and he just gave his life for Jesus so passionately and he, as a Jew, you know, to go to India to a place mm. which, was in, which wasn't Jewish in any way or any form and yet he went to proclaim Jesus and uh, India owes its Christianity to St. Thomas. So, a very brave man. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, mm. so let's hear from Georgia again as our ministry partners. The production of this podcast would not be possible without the support of our donors and ministry partners. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a one-off donation or becoming an FRG ministry partner from just $5 per month as well as enabling FRG ministry to impact hearts across the world through the creation of online resources and outreach programs. As an FRG ministry partner, you will have access to our rewards program where you can receive exclusive benefits and content to help you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about becoming an FRG ministry partner, head to frgministry.com donate. The good work, Georgia. That's, that's a good voiceover, eh? Oh, thank you. <laughs> this microphone is good voiceover, Mike. <laughs> yeah. So let's go to the next section. <laughs> Dad joke. Okay, I, I have a dad joke. Do you have a dad joke? I don't today because I've got the saint stuff. So you, you ah, go to the Okay, joke. okay, good. So my dad <laughs> joke today is... Why did the picture go to jail? Why? Because it was framed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really good though. I like that. <laughs> 
Okay, so let's uh, learn a little bit about the. Three, two, one. It's time for Saint me a picture. Who's our saint? Okay, Saint Faustina. How do we say her last name, Father Rob? Um, I I don't know. Oh, I said it before. I Call did, but I was reading it. Now I've lost the oh. page. With a I K. Can't say. Koalska. 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 I can't say it properly. But anyway, St. Faustina, um, this is like one of my mum's absolute favourite saints. Ooh. And she has her the diaries of St. Faustina. But we'll go back a little bit. She was born in uh, a country that was northwest of Poland, um, in Poland, in 1905. It's a long time ago. She was the third of ten children and she was from a very poor family to but a very religious family. Um, she first felt the calling to be, um, to give her life to Jesus in, you know, and to be a, a religious and to be a nun at seven years old oh, because seven. she was exposed to the Blessed Sacrament. Can you believe that? Wow. Seven. That's pretty amazing. Like I remember when I was about three or four, I had a feeling about, you know, God, but I'm seven years old to be called to thinking about being a nun. There she is, so beautiful. Um, but she wanted to immediately join the convent at seven. And, of course, her parents said no because she was seven. Yeah, like you're staying home. <laughs> yeah, you got to stay home. Um, so at 16 years old, she became a housekeeper to support herself. Uh, but then in 1924, she had her first vision of Jesus while she was at a dance with her sister. 1924 um, is not long ago. My, my grandfather was born in 1925. So, like, that that's, in a sense, relatively recent yeah hmm. yeah that's true when you think of it like that yeah and it's pretty crazy that like she was out at a dance and she saw jesus and she's but she didn't just see jesus i think this is the big thing well, it's amazing but she saw the suffering jesus and mm. um you know it really made her immediately go okay i have to go to the convent um and then over i mean there's so much to say about her but over time she kept getting visions but the very particular vision she was getting was um, the vision of the blood and water gushing from, yes, out of Jesus. And she felt uh, the message, the messages that she was getting from uh, Jesus were to tell his souls about their great, the great mercy, which is, this is directly from her diary, um, page 965, the divine mercy in the second coming, her, the diary of St. Faustina. Um, she said that Jesus said to her, tell the souls about my great mercy because of the day when my justice is near. So, you know, when the end, the end of the world, his justice is near. So he wanted people to know about his mercy, um, to come. He wanted to call sinners to come and repent and get closer to him. And she wrote this all through her diary that there was an urgency that that God wanted her to tell the world to be prepared for his second coming. So. So, and so, yeah, and then Pope John Paul II yeah. declared her a saint, made her a patron saint of mercy, and then made it a feast day, which is the Sunday after Easter is the Divine Mercy Sunday. And so we celebrate God's it's mercy Sunday. again. Yes. Um, so this Sunday is um, yeah, Divine Mercy Sunday that we, we get to celebrate um, God's mercy, God's, God's grace with us. How mm -hmm. awesome is that? And uh, yeah, so this, this is the, the saint of the day, a beautiful saint, Saint Faustina, pray for us. And now yes. we head over to Georgia again. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and learning more about your faith, have you considered enrolling into our online courses? 
FRG Ministry online courses cover teaching, devotional and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. All courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards and phone wallpapers. Online courses from FRG Ministry are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. Titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, Introduction to the Bible and more, with new courses being added regularly. For more information about enrolment and subscription options, head to courses.frgministry.com. Topic of the Week Topic of the Week Well, now we're going to talk about the Divine Mercy Chaplet. The Divine Mercy Chaplet is, is a prayer, a beautiful and powerful prayer that we are encouraged as a church to, to pray. You know, we have devotionals, we have liturgy, for example, like the Mass, we have liturgy like this um, baptisms and sacraments, but also we have what we call sacramentals or devotionals, like the Rosary, and we have prayers like the Divine Mercy Chaplet, which we are encouraged to pray. Now, the Divine Mercy Chaplet is a very powerful prayer because it's not a prayer for us. It's a prayer for the world. It's a prayer that God would show mercy to this world in need. It's a prayer of intercession. And we, as a people of God, have the power to intercede. And through our intercession, the prayer of the Divine Mercy, we can change the world. And this is a beautiful privilege which we have as a people of God, but also a responsibility. It's so true that sometimes our prayer is all about us, our needs, the things we need, the prayers we need answered. But this is a great opportunity for us to look beyond. I remember the first time I started praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. It was in 2008, around 2008. And I was going through a very difficult time because... All of a sudden, my life had just become public. I was a quiet seminarian. I used to play a few gigs here and there, and I used to preach here and there. But all of a sudden, because of World Youth Day, I was thrown on a world stage, singing all from nothing to millions of people across the world. And it was stressful as an introvert. It was really stressful. And so I reached a point where I couldn't pray. I couldn't find time to pray. So instead, what I did was I grabbed my rosary beads. And I didn't sometimes have the time to pray the whole rosary, so I prayed the Divine Mercy Chaplet. I discovered it then, and it, it was so helpful for me. One, because it was a short and powerful prayer, but two, that it wasn't a prayer for me. It wasn't about me, it was about praying for others. And I think, especially if you're stressed, especially if you're worried, the best thing to do is not to worry about yourself, not to pray for yourself, but to intercede and to pray for others. One thing I always pray, Lord, is if I'm depressed, please send someone who is worse off than I am. 
so that I can pray for them, so that I can minister to them, so that I could stop feeling sorry for myself. Well, this is what the Divine Mercy Chaplet is. It's prayed on the rosary beads and there are um, a lot of prayers. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole Divine Mercy Chaplet because I encourage you to look up the Divine Mercy Chaplet. I have a recording. It's actually all in music and you can get that on YouTube. Or you can check out uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, which I pray often spoken. So I have a music version and a spoken version. But it's prayed on the rosary beads. You have the large beads and the small beads. On the large beads, let me just pray a, a little part of the chaplet um, with you. So in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so on the large bead, we pray this. Eternal Father, I offer you the body, blood, soul, divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. And then in the small beads we pray, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Now, what you do is you start again for the next decade, but on the last decade you go, you, you praise and worship God. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Such a beautiful, such a powerful prayer. Make sure this Divine Mercy Chaplet, this Divine Mercy Sunday, you look up the Divine Mercy Chaplet and spend some time praying. At 3 o'clock, it's usually prayed at 3 p.m. because that's the time of the death of Jesus, the time of mercy, the blood of Jesus, uh, and, and the death of Jesus through the blood brings about mercy in this world. And so we pray this at 3 p.m. traditionally, but you can pray it at any time, okay? So we've reached the end of this podcast. Thank you once again for joining myself and Georgia for this um, podcast. Uh, again, please stay in touch with us, FRG Ministry on Instagram at FRG Ministry um, uh, or else at um, Catholic Influencers underscore. We're giving away two, two subscriptions for the Hello app which is an amazing, incredible app. I pray the Hello app, I use the Hello app, and I'm also featured in it. So for sleep stories, I read the scripture on it. If you want to get to know and love Jesus more, this is not a sponsored ad, but they gave us some free subscriptions to give to you, and we want to bless you. If you want to win those subscriptions, go to at F, um, at Catholic Influencers underscore. There's a competition, a giveaway there, and these subscriptions could be yours. So also, and snail mail, if you want to be in touch, you want to write us a letter, we love letters. Um, go to FRG Ministry and then um, PO Box 96 Strathdale, Strathdale um, Victoria, Australia 3550. 
Be in touch with us. Go to frgministry.com forward slash podcast. Again, subscribe to this podcast. Be a ministry partner. Check out our online courses. We love you. We want to bless you. And please also pray for us. And we'll see you again. You'll hear from us again next week. God bless.